So I kind of made a little bit of a fort to combat the fact that I'm in a large room to maybe make a sound a little more similar. We've gotten some notes saying that I'm uh, that I normally sound like I am in like a, a church, and it's because my room has tall ceilings. I'm gonna screenshot what you look like right now. Okay, we can put it on our um, our story on Instagram. Uh, yeah, and so I don't know how long I'm gonna be able to do this. So, <laughs> so. I was gonna say it's gonna get real hot real quick. Yep. You know what? I literally, I could not hum our intro, and I've heard it seventy five thousand times, and I could not hum it. You couldn't do our intro music right now. That's not at all it. Welcome to this quick take. Uh, do you want to say something? Uh, no, you're doing a great job. Okay, cool. I'm killing it. Uh, so this quick take, we had a couple of things that we wanted to talk about, and I'll I'll lay them out now so you can decide what you want to do. We're gonna try our best to put the times time of stamps. this yeah the time stamps of this stuff in the <laughs> it's hard notes. to think of like <laughs> i'm like balancing this thing with my head and just watching it move around me <laughs> like I, I just i've just put a blanket like over my computer and i'm just got my microphone and yeah all right so okay <laughs> so let me finish my thought though okay so yeah we're gonna put the time stamps in the description and we're going to talk about a couple of things the first thing we're going to talk about is godzilla the king of the monsters because we did a an episode our last episode our our previous episode 16 was on the first godzilla or the 2014 godzilla and uh we just want to let you know what we thought about it and how we felt and the second thing we're going to talk about is a little lesson for those of you guys who are interested basically on the art of foley and foley is Basically, the Foley is basically the process of adding recorded sound effects during post-production in a film. We kind of brought this up briefly in the Godzilla episode. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of wanted to expand on that a little bit because it is a really fascinating art form, I think. Um, and I have a lot of resources and stuff to share that I think some viewers might uh, or listeners might enjoy. And then the third thing, why don't you talk about this? Because I need to readjust my head. <laughs> so the third thing that we wanted to... It's, it's funny. This is a, a three-part quick take. So it's kind of like a mini take three. Uh, <laughs> we are choosing to conclude this group of episodes that we've launched. And we're sort of calling it season one. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that at the end. So Godzilla, King of the Monsters... <laughs> Yes. So let me paint a little bit of a picture. We went uh, on Friday night with some friends to kind of like a dine-in movie theater where you can get food and stuff. And it's not... Well, it's, food is served to you. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, You sit in these like really comfortable chairs and you have like a little tray that kind of moves in front of you and the waiter comes and serves you food during exactly. the movie. Exactly. And it's not the most immersive experience when it comes to a movie. I don't think the, the speakers are even like, even though it, I'm going to mention the fact that I think one of ours was broken. One of our speakers were broken. Um, the speakers are never really turned up that loud. I don't think I've seen a couple movies here. It's not, it's not like if you're going there, you know, looking to appreciate the sound quality of a movie, maybe it's not the, like the best theater to go to, but we, 
I, you know, I love the food and I thought it would have been a fun, you know, time, like a popcorn movie where you can go and it's not that big of a deal if people are walking around taking orders. Regardless, uh, I quickly realized that the lack of sound was not the problem here, for me at least. This movie has a completely different tone than the first one. And I think that that was purposeful because I think the first one, uh, people had issues with it. And maybe one of the issues was that it was a little bit too serious and they wanted something that's a little bit more fun. But I, me in particular, uh, I felt that the first one took itself seriously because like this is a an apocalyptic event. And it made sense that people were serious and that there weren't cracking jokes. Well, this movie has a plethora of people who seem to only be there to tell jokes. And I don't necessarily mind the actors that are playing them. I'm not saying that they were acting poorly, but it just did not fit. It felt very much like a parody of the first one. I thought that people's motivations were completely either not stated or completely off they took characters that I was really looking forward to seeing and made them absolute crazy people with motivations that were batshit. I mean, I, it just doesn't doesn't make sense at all. And um, it had been forgivable if the monster fights were were good, and I didn't like those either. So, are you I'm kidding? Extremely let down. Yeah, I couldn't follow like the geography of like where they were fighting. It all just felt muddled. It was really dark. Hmm. Uh, so here's my side of the story. So I, the first time I saw it was with him uh, and some friends, and we went and saw it in that theater that we were talking about. Great on paper. Like the idea of having food served to you during a movie is great on paper. But if you're someone like me who wants to sort of immerse myself in a movie and really surround myself with it and kind of get lost in it, this was not the best movie to see in that kind of setting. No. I feel like there are movies that exist that probably would be good in that setting. Can you, can you not like, can you not agree though that like my my reasoning? For, I mean, it just seemed like it could be like, oh, it's a popcorn movie. It doesn't matter if if they're fighting and a waiter walks in front of us. It's not like a horror movie that could be you know the tension that could be thrown off. But like, honestly, not really. And when you were explaining that, I was like, wait a second, you bought the tickets for this? Like, it's, I really don't think this was the right movie to take because it is actiony, and you don't want to like be in the middle of a fight scene and then some waiter comes and obstructs your vision and is like, Hey, can I refill your water or something? I don't know. I just didn't think like anybody was that was going to be that like on the edge of their seat, like worrying, you know, is, is Godzilla, is Godzilla going to live? You know? So I don't, I don't know. I just figured if any movie, I mean, I went and saw us in that theater mistake. I mean, again, I love that theater and I love it just the movies that you're picking to go see in the specific theater seem completely opposite to what like I would see a comedy in this theater. I'm not going to go see something that's scary or emotional or action packed because I don't want to miss anything. But in a comedy, it's like you're there for yeah. jokes. You're yeah, maybe a comedy would have been better. I'm saying that us was like a bad decision. I was uh, but but uh, I thought Godzilla would have been a good decision. However, wrong <laughs> we we love or what we love so much about the first one was the sound and it just was not a theater that could have facilitated that i don't think that the food had anything to do with it i think our specific theater was just kind of shitty and old it it almost sounded like um it reminds me back of when i had the like the little cd players and the little aux or like the headphone jack was maybe halfway out so you could only get like half of the, the the music and sort of half of it was sort of separated. It didn't sound like there's any soundtrack at all. The soundtrack like disappeared in this theater. And that's 
one of the biggest parts of the movie. So like the whole thing fell apart and halfway through, I was kind of like, I can't take this seriously. There's a bunch of waiters and stuff that are in my way. The sound quality is shit. I'm really, I'm done investing myself in this. I'm just, I'm going to try and enjoy the ride as best it, as I can. It wasn't the uh, terrible plot or ridiculous characters or well, at that point, story, but it was, at that it point, was the, the waiters walking in front of us for him. At that point, I was so distracted, I didn't really care about anything. So I'm like, why am I going to waste my time and energy kind of gotcha. focusing on what's happening when, like, I would rather – I was kind of waiting for it to be over because, like, I'm like, I want to experience this in a good theater. And I did. I did that yesterday. And it was really not that bad. It was it it was not perfect, but, like, neither was the first one. I think the character development in the second movie was – not the best. Uh, there were kind of a lot of crazy characters. Some of their decisions didn't really make sense. Um, but it sounded as, as far as sound quality, it was amazing yet again. Um, the action sequences I thought were amazing. Anytime King Ghidorah was on screen, I was hooked. I was so like the way that he moved and the way that he fought was just the coolest shit ever. And like it, it kind of goes back to this discussion that we had, which if you haven't listened to that episode, go do that first. It goes back to the discussion that we had with the first one about um, what makes a movie good versus what makes a movie entertaining. I think at the end of the day, this was still an entertaining movie. And I would suggest that you maybe go – like I will pay for your ticket so you're not wasting your money on this if you do hate it. Wait, are like, you talking to uh, the audience or me? No, no, I'm talking, <laughs> talking to you. I, I don't have that much money to pay for everyone's <laughs> ticket. Um, but like, I, like you specifically, just so that maybe you could get a different experience – like pick a good theater that you know and you trust because um, it really like it, it felt a lot more like the first one. I think you're right. There is a difference between the first one and the second one. I think the second one is a little bit more – I don't want to say relaxed because it was anything but relaxing. But um, it was like it, sort of not as serious. It felt campy to me. Yeah, but like and it's like, Godzilla. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, to me, that's just like – it felt like when certain characters – uh, there there are deaths in this movie, and it felt like when certain characters died, it was like, okay, write me out of this because I don't want to be here anymore. Like, it was just, it just none of it made sense to me. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I really like, I, I'm glad that certain people enjoy it. I really hope that uh, people go see it and do enjoy it. Uh, but I mean, it made like half of what the first one made opening weekend. And uh, it's got like a rotten, like a really rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think that people are not really getting behind this movie as much as I get we that. Would have hoped. I, I I don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't even think it's like a great movie. But I don't think because you left that theater fuming. You were not happy at all. And I think that I, mean, I wasn't of, like flipping tables, but I was like, I didn't like that at all. Like, yeah, I, you were like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't what I signed up for. Um, I get like. I understand that, but I think if you were to have it in a different setting, it, you might have a different opinion. I think you would still consider it not the best movie. I don't think it's the best movie, but I don't think it's as bad as you were making it out to be. Yeah. Um, I do want to discuss a few things, and I think – like, do you have anything else to say that's non-spoiler related about this movie? Uh, no, not really. Because uh, I – yeah, talk let's, about, let's move on to spoilers and we'll just – if you have not seen this movie, go to the next timestamp where we talk about Foley. It's listed in the uh, the description. Yeah. So I'll give you a few moments for that. But um, yeah, we're going to start talking spoilers because I there were some things in this movie that I 
want to get off my chest that, that there are spoilers. Okay. Um, so the second time around, Sally Hawkins' character gets crushed by like a boulder. No. Does she die? She dies. And I hear this scream and I'm like, oh, but like she's she has to be in, in the remainder of the movie. I know like she'll she'll emerge. And I realize she's not in the rest of the movie. And she like and it's the it's the moment when King Ghidorah kind of rises out from his cave. Which is wow. like like one a third into the movie. And I'm like, hold on. They actually did just kill her like that. And I was so upset about that. Um yeah. I said in the first uh, in the the take three episode for the last movie that I really didn't like what they did with her character. She had like maybe three more lines in this movie than she did in the last one. But then they killed her off like that, and like that no one mourned her, no one thought yeah. anything of it. And I was yeah. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I just witnessed that. That is um, lame as hell. Yeah, because I, I mean, they they killed off their recurring characters from the first one. It, like, I if if they did that, I don't know why. I mean, I was like thinking about the fact that Sally Hawkins kind of disappears from the film when you just brought her up, but I didn't realize she died. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like she's, also Ken Watanabe dies. So, well, that's, that was like a, yeah, like that, but that was very drawn out and explained. Like you knew yeah. what was happening. It was a sacrifice. Sally Hawkins is running with some soldier and this boulder comes down from the top of the screen and you hear the scream and then never mentioned again. I very have, upset about that. I, I have like an issue, I think, with this franchise overall. Maybe not the deaths in Kong Skull Island, um, but the deaths in these two Godzilla movies have felt way more to like get the actors out of there. Like we only can afford this actor for a certain amount of time versus like actually serving the story. Like I don't, I don't know why uh, Brian Cranston had to go, yeah. So or <laughs> like so just it, unceremoniously, and then I don't know why the deaths in this movie like happened either. I mean to like, so now like Vera Farmiga dies like really? Yeah. And, um, also, also, also Mothra. <laughs> I feel she's, like Mothra was severely underused. Yeah. Uh, but see, and, she's a moth and she laid eggs. So I'm sure there'll be another Mothra, but well, I mean, let's hope. Um, she was very underused. But uh, one thing I did want to say is that they – I didn't realize this the first time into it. Uh, but like when the credits are rolling, they have a bunch of like news headlines that are sort of advertising how – it's a symbiotic relationship, meaning that they both kind of benefit. And they're like, oh, these is Monster Dung the next um, renewable energy source? And it's like, oh, the new monster found so-and-so. And it's sort of setting everything up to be featured, I guess, in the third movie, which is Kong versus Godzilla. And I know that we discussed, like, how are they going to top this? Like, this should have been number two. Or Kong versus Godzilla should have been number two, and this one should have been the end one, where, like, all the monsters are rising. Well, it's technically number four because of, of Kong's Island, but I know what you mean. Like, What do you mean number four? Like, there's been three movies in this franchise already. There's been two. Godzilla, King Kong, or Kong's Skull Island, oh, and then well, Godzilla yeah. 2. I guess I'm yeah, you're right. I haven't seen uh, Kong Skull Island, but um not missing but, anything. That too was on television last night and I was like, Oh man, I forgot why <laughs> I or, mean, like I'm, I forgot how much I disliked this, but I, I didn't because I remembered. Obviously I'm going to watch that before the versus movie comes out, but um I think the credits set up a lot. I think it's not just gonna be Godzilla versus Kong. I think there's gonna be a lot more to it. Well, um, I think I don't know, I 
because they've already shot that movie, like it makes me think that they were trading notes, like they were probably shooting these movies simultaneously or yeah, or at least back to back. Um, but something that I was thinking about is that the end credit scene, you see Charles dance, Tywin Lannister go in and buy one of uh, Ghidorah's heads. Yeah. Right. So if, if they were trying to like regrow or rebirth Ghidorah, maybe that's who they're fighting because obviously you guys know that King Kong and Godzilla are not going to, just like one of them is not going to kill the other one and that'll be the end of the movie. Like they're going to have to team up and fight against something. But see, I would hate if they're fighting King Ghidorah again. Well, what if he's like worse? I don't know if there's like a, a an altered version of King Ghidorah, but like, you know, they could come up with something where he's like a bigger threat. I've heard that there's a, what there's a, a Ghidorah that exists in a King Ghidorah that exists in the Godzilla universe. That's a Mecca. Yeah, that's what I'm King saying. Like, I'm sure there's something bigger than yeah, that. yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I I don't know. I walked out of that movie theater being like, didn't like Kong Skull Island. Didn't like this movie. I don't care anymore. Like I, I'm they they have they've lost me. But like I'm still gonna watch that giant lizard fight that giant monkey. You oh, know yes. it. Yeah, yeah. The, I will be buying tickets as well. And uh, I will say that, you know who is really good in this movie and, like, is the one ray of sunlight? Oh, yes. Freaking Millie Bobby Brown. She and did. she is in the second – or not in the second. She is in, in the King third. Kong versus – God. I don't know if it's Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay, can we, can we like, ditch this movie now and yeah. move to the next thing? Yeah. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking about Foley and not that awful movie anymore. You're free. <laughs> So basically, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to say it again. Foley is the art of adding recorded sound effects in post-production of a film. And the process is named after a man named Jack Foley, who is credited with developing the method where sound effects were performed live in sync with picture during a film's editing process, like post-production of a film. And Foley artists use any manner of things to achieve the sounds you hear in films. Like most Foley studios are filled to the brim with random objects that make a sound in one way or another. One thing I learned was that they normally work as a pair, like two Foley artists together, and then there will be a sound a mixer, mixer in the background. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's there's someone outside of that group that's on the team whose job it is to go through the movie and mark each sound that happens or should happen, like every step, every door slam, every raindrop, and then they put that up on a screen, and it is the Foley artist's job to come up with ways to effectively make that sound, and it's the sound mixer's job to make it, you know, align with the the movie in the right way, and maybe manipulate the sound if they need to, but you can maybe ask, like, why don't they just, you know, record this stuff on set? And there are a couple reasons they don't do that. For one, like sometimes an environment is a set. And because of that, there are fake materials that don't necessarily make the same noise as real world materials would. Like, okay, take heels on a marble floor. Well, maybe that set isn't marble. Like marble's expensive. So maybe it's wood and it's like painted to look like marble. They'd have to make it sound like it's marble, you know? Um, also, the logistical aspect of having to attach a mic to pick up each separate unobstructed sound, it's like a nightmare. That doesn't, it doesn't seem 
uh, you know, efficient at all. It makes much more sense to do it in post, <laughs> to make it someone else's job. Um, and while there's no one specific way to make a particular sound, uh, I figured I would go through some of the cool ones that I'd seen online. Like, yeah, that's sort of what I have too. It's, um, I have a lot of like resource videos that are really interesting that I'll list in the notes as well, uh, that I would highly recommend you check out. And I even have, there's an article that I found that lists the movie as well as the sound effect it was trying to produce and what was used to the sound effect, as well as a clip of the sound effect. So you can actually listen to it. I'm sure a lot of the same information gets you know put around to a bunch of different videos. So that's good that we've aggregated it here for you all. But I'm yeah, just going to sure. bring up some of my favorite ones. Um, Let's first of all, like for uh, if you break pine cones, uh, that would generate the sound of like ice cracking gloves with paper clips on like the fingers glued to the fingertips and you tap them on on a surface they sound like dog paws like walking around (laughs) if you stab a watermelon it sounds like you're actually stabbing someone Uh, sticks on concrete can be used to simulate the movement of rats and uh, pouring a can of soup rapidly into like tupperware like a you know a bowl or something like that sounds like vomit (laughs) <laughs> so that's good. I think it's interesting in some of these uh, videos and extra scenes that I've seen of like Foley Studios. It really is this amalgamation of the most random objects. Like they'll have a yeah a, a ball shelf where it's just like you know dodgeballs or baseballs or something. Mm-hmm. They'll have a jeans shelf that has jeans and stuff. I've seen people use jackets to mimic the sound of um, like sails through the wind, and they'll have buckets. Yeah. They, they even in the studio they even have a. Um, uh, like a what do you a, a drain? So they have like this this concrete bin with a drain that you can pour water into, and the water will just go down the drain. Yeah, that'll mimic like waterfalls or even like rainfall or something like that. So, yeah, it, like pretty much the majority of them, I think uh, probably all of them, like one worth their salt, would have some sort of tub. I had seen one which yeah. I thought that was it was actually kind of cool. It was almost it was divided into four sections. And one uh, was something that they could fill up with water and splash in it and stuff. The other one, another one was like a sand pit. Uh, <laughs> another one was something empty where they could kind of put in um, like any specific thing and, and walk on it. And I think the other one was like dirt and grass and, you know, to, because uh, you think about like you want to do, you know, a nature video. Again, like they're not going to. Like a lot of that sound, they're they're not gonna mic up, you know, the rustling of your feet when you're walking. <laughs> but if you want that, you know, yeah. and people people have to think through that. Like that is someone's job to just plan each of these little moments, and I think that's so important. I think it's a it's a really fascinating art form because it's not it's not not to say that sound tracking isn't simple, but it's not composing something to put it's not composing music to put in the background. It's you really have to know an environment, think about it, uh, try to mimic it with, with an an infinite amount of materials that you could like, there's so many combinations of things that you could use to make different sounds. And it's just like the the whole art of that is fascinating to me. Like I want to pick the mind of a Foley artist. I think that'd be really cool. Something that like I would I learned in college, and they would always tell it to us, is that like uh, video and and your your visuals are important, right? But like sound, if your sound's not good, don't even bother. Like, yeah, <laughs> no one is going to take you seriously. And like the more you think about it, like 
Sound is, is obviously not just a score. It's not just a soundtrack. It's not even just like you're recording your actor's dialogue. You know, it's, it's every aspect working together. And, and uh, the Foley is one of the cogs in that machine. And being able to create sounds that, that your mind will believe. Because like when, when you see something and it makes a noise, like our mind is kind of trained to believe that it's making that noise. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just something that like that Foley artists use to their advantage. Right. Um, but you still have to get pretty damn close. You know what I mean? If someone, mm-hmm. you know, if your gunshot doesn't sound right, a lot of times people will clock you on that. You yeah. know, <laughs> like I would, I remember watching like videos when I was younger and, and trying to mimic like, Oh, you know, oh, I have a fake gun. I, I could like paint it black and I'll take this sound clip uh, from this and I will, it'll be a, a gunshot and it'll sound right. And it's like, no, it doesn't like there are so <laughs> there, you have to actually like, uh, take into account like the room you're in and the, there's so like sound is so important and so hard to pull off correctly. Like clearly, I mean, even just the sound on this freaking video, I'm sitting underneath a blanket right now to, um, <laughs> to try and deliver better sound, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I agree now. Okay. So I don't know if I've edited this out or not, but I did say that I have a couple more, uh, that are specifically from movies that we could talk about. Um, yeah, go for it. So in a quiet place where they barely had any sound, uh, the Foley really had to nail it. They used crab legs and stalks of celery to simulate certain sounds of the monsters that are in it. Along with this process where they would basically tase some grapes. So they would take like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like a, a couple of grapes and tase them like with a with an actual like a stun gun and yeah. um, or a taser or whatever you call them. And they slowed that down and like that, like it's like this like clicking noise and it, it slowed down and it's like this is this is so perfect. That's, I'll put that's that a, that is a video that I that I watched and I'll put that in there. It's such a cool please process. Do. Yeah, cuz I didn't I haven't seen that and um that's like that's what I mean like who thinks in in a world of infinite objects to take a taser and a grape. Like yeah. why not a taser and like an orange or a ta- like yeah. a fully artist really has to be good at their job and, and I, creative and yeah. So cool to me. It's, it's, it's interesting because like these monsters don't really exist in real life. So Mm -hmm. you had to make up pretty much everything about them. Like the freedom of being able to just try things and see what they, yeah. It's a literal playground. Like it's, it's, yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of, I I envy that. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's really, that's a really cool process. Um, so I, I'm going to end with my favorite, but this is like a close runner up BB eights movements from the star Wars movies <gasps> is, uh, a, he's a spinning disco ball in sand. So they just <laughs> have a disco ball on a string and they just spin it around in the sand. Let's be real. That's pretty much what BB eight is. <laughs> <laughs> he's a soccer ball. <laughs> For being but honest. I was like, this is so, that's so cool. Like <laughs> I saw them doing it and I'm like, Oh my God, I love that. That's super cool. Um, That's a lot of the Jurassic Park, like dino sounds, were like mixes of big machinery and Mm -hmm. and like lions and and monkeys and stuff. Yeah, I read that Chewbacca was like a sea lion or something. They they got clips of a sea lion. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't know how far like that. It doesn't necessarily like apply into 
like sitting in a studio. I don't think they like brought a you know a lion or you know animals into <laughs> the actual studio, but just the idea of of taking something and and using it to make a sound of something else is really fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, one thing I do know that they've done and they've been doing it for a long time is the sound of lightsabers, and it's just a microphone receiving feedback from a tube TV. <laughs> I did like that long. one. Yeah. Like that that's so, that's so freaking cool. Like yeah, I think that's actually like one of the first ways that Foley was described to me. Like when someone taught me what that meant, mm-hmm. um, like the lightsabers was one of our examples. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you take a fantasy situation or like a sci-fi situation. That's that's like because you have so many things that don't actually have sounds in real life that you yeah, have to sort of craft exactly. on your own. That's that's really really cool. It's another freeing situation for sure. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to list some? Yeah. So uh, one of the movies that I have listed here uh, for Arrival to to make the sounds of the oh my god what are they called the the pods. Heptapods. Heptapods, Heptapods, yeah. Heptapods. Yep. Love that movie, by the way. Abbott and Costello. Yes. If you have not seen that movie, go see it. It is wonderful. It's one of the best movies ever made. I love it so much. It's really, really great. They used um, whale sounds to make the sounds of the heptapods, which I thought was really, really cool. That is really cool. Um, Along the lines of, I wanted to actually actually look this one up specifically because I wanted to know how they made the sounds of the tripods in War of the Worlds because that sound has still scarred me. I've said it so many times on this podcast. I hate that sound. I think it's terrifying, but they use uh, ball bearings on ashtrays and slinkies to make those sounds, which was, I thought was really, really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Oh, I could, yeah, that's, it's like, geez, I hope we're not like demystifying certain, like where, you know, like you'll never be able to look at something the same, but we do, we discuss in the fact that the new Godzilla roar uh, They've kept the, a secret. Yeah, the, the 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 sound guys didn't want to talk or didn't want to exactly like explain how they made it because they want you to just hear Godzilla. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the sound designers have done a, a good enough job to yeah. manipulate the sound enough to where it's not a carbon copy. Yeah, um, and if you're listening to us, I think you can probably separate it. You're you yeah, know, you like yeah, uh, looking behind the veil a little bit, but. <laughs> Uh, Jurassic Park, when the Velociraptor is hatching out of its shell, they use ice cream cones to create the shell breaking. <laughs> and then the wet sound of the dinosaur was made by squishing melons with gloves covered in dish soap. Like, I could do this at home if I wanted to, which I think yeah. is... Uh, yeah, I might actually try that. <laughs> and then my last one, in The Exorcist, when Linda Blair's head is rotating, they were just kind of manipulating like an old leather wallet with some credit cards in it. Oh, that's cool. Good and that deal. makes me want to watch that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just have one more, and it's 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 probably my favorite. Um, I just I think I, I just love this effect uh, from X Two X Men United, the second X Men movie. Uh, Nightcrawler, his the the blue teleporting guy, uh, his teleportation sound is uh, the sucking of dog food from a can. Uh, camera flash bulbs and then releasing compressed air. And I'm like, oh, I can totally hear that. I think that's why it 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 like that one resonates with me so much is I could hear him doing it. That one sounds familiar. It might even be on that list. So you could definitely check that one out if you wanted to. 
One last one for me. Do you know the movie The Wild Bunch? It's a 1969 movie. Mm-hmm. You don't, though. I don't. I absolutely don't. But do, you know what, <laughs> do you know what they used uh, for the sound effects for the guns? No. Guns. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> That's a great way to end our lesson on Foley. Yep. So that that was good. I, I liked that. I liked I hope that um, you guys thought that was as interesting as I guys, did. I, yeah, I fell we in love something. with it as soon as I as soon as I hit the research button. So, for sure. Uh, and okay, so our third topic is the fact that episode seventeen is going to be our season finale of this show, not series finale, season. Yeah, season. For sure. We will be back relatively soon. We're definitely going to be starting a Patreon. Yes. So you can you will have the ability to support us in a way that would allow us to keep our website up and running. Uh, maybe a lot more time to this. Uh, get some really awesome merchandise going for you guys. I know a lot of people have asked me about merchandise and that will all be coming and we're going to be setting that up yeah uh, we definitely have had a lot of growth in this show we thank each and every one of you who have stuck with us from the beginning and our new listeners we appreciate every single listen we we can see it on the charts um and to anyone who shared this podcast with anyone else we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you uh and we wanted to be able to take some time to really polish this i mean we started what six months ago seven months ago it was no. in October. Yeah, so more like eight months nine, ago. Yeah. Eight months. Uh, oh, wait. October is, yeah. So October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, and now we're in June. Yep. Yeah, so I didn't even count. I was just listing months. Yeah. I don't know how many, but we've been doing it since October. It's Yeah, and um, we want to be able to maybe take some time to plan out our next episodes, uh, really maybe get some feedback from you guys and kind of like give you guys some rewards for maybe supporting us uh, because, we, I mean, it helps us tremendously. We definitely appreciate it and we want to be able to give back uh, and maybe make things a little bit more interactive. So uh, we just want to take some time to iron out some kinks first. Even if we're not releasing like actual episodes all the time, we may – drop in with the occasional quick take and we will also still be active on our social media pages um which are uh take three a m p so the number three and then the letters a m and p for a movie podcast and there that's on like facebook and uh instagram and twitter if you want to do it but i fucking hate twitter i'm not doing twitter you can do that if you want (laughs) okay I'll do the Instagram and the Facebook. If you guys have any suggestions, ideas for what you want to see us do or hear us do next season, please let us know. I think that's pretty much all I had to say. Is that all you had to say? Uh, Yeah. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. That would be great. That would be awesome. And tell all your friends to do it as well. (laughs) We need you all to do a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) But. But uh, yeah, this is not a vacation for us. We are still going to be working on this podcast and uh, trying to make it better for all of you. That ends our probably pretty long quick take. Say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. I, too, say goodbye to you all. Thank you all so very much. And we will see you. We won't see you, but you'll hear us. (laughs) That's good enough for me.